announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in five minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores. Power Swabs was formulated by Dr. Martin Ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for 5 minutes to see how white your smile could be. Get it risk-free. Dial 1-800-270-8863. That's 1-800-270-8863. Transform your smile into a wow, you look great smile. Dial 1-800-270-8863. That's 1-800-270-8863. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much. Chuck Moore speaks Monday through Friday, 10 till noon, here at the USA Radio Networks. You're welcome to join the program, 844 439 1391. 844 439 1391. It's an honor and a pleasure, as always, on Wednesday to welcome aboard Dr. Samuel L. Blumenfeld, the author of NEA, Trojan Horse in American Education, The Whole Language, OBE Fraud, the soon-to-be-released book, The Crimes of the Educators. Sam, how are you? Uh, Good. Good to be with you, uh, uh, Chuck. A lot has been happening in the news. And, um, yes, indeed. I want to just mention your book is about to be released. It's uh, it's going to come by sooner than you think. I just got a con- got contacted by uh, your publisher, World Net Daily, asking me to confirm the uh, little blurb on the jacket cover. So uh, they're getting ready, and it's oh, coming out. That's it's going to good. be huge. Um, are they, you're going to use? Yeah. They're using your blurb on the jacket. Apparently, apparently good. they are. That's terrific. That's terrific. That's terrific. In any case, um, uh, they've told me that it's scheduled for the spring. And as a matter of fact, uh, today I have to take a picture for the cover, uh, a portrait for the uh, cover. So, But it'll probably be, be coming out sooner than, uh, than, uh, than planned. And, of course, I hope yes. it does because yep. this is an issue that is uh, really on the back burner of American politics, and yet it is probably the most important issue we have is the understanding of why this country uh, has uh, fallen so far down uh, in educational achievement. As a matter of fact, there's a new book out by by, um, Amanda Ripley, and and the yes. title is very provocative. It's the title is the smartest kids in the world, and how they got that way. And what she does wow. is that she um, she goes she visits the three countries which have the highest PISA scores. You know what PISA is? It's that uh, 
program for international student assessment. It's that international mm-hmm. test. And yep. she has um, made some remarkable discoveries about what these other countries are doing that we are not. For example, Finland, which has the smartest kids. The reason why the the, the, kid, the, the, the Finns are doing so well is because the teachers in Finland happen to be the smartest people of the country. In other words, they don't hire anyone to teach simply because they have a pulse, you know, as we do in this country. Uh, You know, as she writes, that uh, in Finland, of education school, all education schools were selective. Getting into a teacher training program there Mm -hmm. was as prestigious as getting into medical school in the United States. A Finnish teacher has received the highest level of education in the world, unquote. Fantastic. And that's why when you have highly intelligent teachers uh, using common sense and logic, and independent intelligence, uh, they they create similar kids because they don't do the kind of stupid things that our teachers do. I mean, American teachers don't even know how to teach children to read. Isn't that a scandal? That it is. We, that our colleges of education, there isn't a single college of education in this country that instructs um, potential teachers, that is, student teachers, on how to teach reading in the proper phonetic way. They just don't. That's right. I mean, and that is such a <clears throat> a crime. Uh, so they're not only dumbing down the kids, the colleges of education dumb down the teachers. And the dumber the teacher, yeah. the, the more they like them, because dumb teachers will follow the most um, ridiculous uh, uh, requirements of the uh, progressive education program. You know, and and uh, Sam, so we're you know, learning, you, you're, I'm you're learning a great is, deal from this book. Yeah, and your work is coming out at a um, at an opportune time given the uh, obvious uh, presidential candidacy of Jeb Bush. Right. Well, the the only problem with uh, Jeb Bush... His whole platform, yeah. The problem with Jeb Bush is he's very good at um, citing all the um, things that are wrong with public education, but his uh, solutions are not very good. His solution is the Common Core, which, of course, is ridiculous. Uh, he does not address the um, the whole problem of teacher training in this country. That's where the problem lies. And the, the colleges of education are controlled by the progressives, and they have no, uh, no uh, intention of letting conservatives take over the teaching of uh, future teachers in this country and that's the problem and that's why homeschooling is growing because parents realize they cannot trust uh, the teachers in today's schools you know a a colleague of mine in texas uses alpha phonics 
to uh, remediate uh, children who have learn uh, reading disabilities. And he has had 100% uh, success with Alpha Phonics. And the yep. teachers, the regular teachers of these kids uh, ask him, what is the secret of your success? And he tells them, it's Alpha Phonics. Well, do you think that any of these teachers then adopt Alpha Phonics? No. Because they don't have the intelligence or the independence to understand that they are they are using a method of teaching that deliberately creates failure. Somehow that does not enter their brains. They cannot figure it out. And that's because they're basically stupid, you know. Only a yep. stupid person well, they've been would, they've been would dumbed do down. Huh? They've been dumbed down. They've been dumbed down like everyone else. Exactly. I mean, these teachers are great. Yeah. But that's the heart of the problem is our teachers have right. been dumbed down to the point where they really can't use common sense and logic in teaching. Whereas the uh, in Finland, the teachers are the best educated people in the country. They have intellect. They understand what is going on. They're not going to use some cockamamie a method of teaching reading when they know that it's that Finnish is a phonetic a writing system like English, and a much more um, right. uh, 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 regular one. Uh, but in, in any case, mm -hmm. uh, by the way, do you know which country is at the very bottom of the list, the lowest, uh, the lowest uh, performing country in the world? Can you guess? Which is? Huh? Probably, it's not the United States. Maybe it's an Arab country. No, oh, no, no. We're in the middle somewhere. <clears throat> But you know what is the lowest? Uh, no, what is? Mexico. Oh. That's interesting. interesting because that's why Mexicans come to the United States. They can't get a decent education in that country. You know. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Interesting. I just, yeah, it's very corrupt. I mean, uh, you know. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, they create a, a, a system, uh, they have a, an education system that keeps everybody at the bottom, except for the elite. And the, where do you think the elite get their education? They go to Harvard, you know. They go to Harvard, exactly, sure. Exactly. I mean, they all want to come to those schools. Uh, I'll uh, give you the... Sam, you know, your, your, book, your book is coming out, as I said, at a time when the country is turning its attention to the next election, certainly. Right. We now have uh, Jeb Bush announcing, practically announcing his candidacy. Oh, he did. Uh, and yeah, uh, he's, he's oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, he's come out. Oh, well, yeah, well, I don't know if he's officially announced. He has announced that he's exploring, which means he's running. Yeah. Uh, and his main issue has been Common Core curriculum. He actually said it at an education conference in Washington, uh, yeah, which I believe was about conference. Common Core. Right. So, Sam, no, I mean, the, is there any way that somebody, somebody like yourself, and, and, that you can get to Jeb Bush? I mean, well, I, I, don't I, know I if have he's, written uh, to him. I have. I I wrote him a long letter, in which I said mm -hmm. you cannot have excellence without high literacy, and the only way to high literacy is through an intensive systematic phonics. And I cited all the examples, you know, that I've had. I. 
I cited Rudolf Flesch, why Johnny can't read. I cited all of the uh, critics of the present method of teaching. Well, he uh, speaks favorably in favor of phonics, but he does it in such an uh, a lukewarm way. Uh, he doesn't realize that that is the key to the problem of American education, is the failure to teach children to read in the proper phonetic way so that they can use their, their the language part of their brains. You know, it's a, right. the most important thing about education today is how it uses the brain. And the educators today are forcing children to use the right brain to perform the functions of the left brain. And that's why we have so much reading disability, because what they are doing is impairing the left brain, the language center. And as I sum up things, I say the left brain creates wealth. The right brain spends it. Because that's all image, it's all pictures, and all, all over the internet, what do you do? You see pictures of things they want you to buy. You know, that's it. But it's the left right. brain and, yeah, interesting. that creates wealth. The, 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 the uh, part of the brain that deals with logic and grammar and, and vocabulary, you know, uh, that's where the power lies, and we're depriving American children of that power, you know. And um, right, I mean, a good a good education would integrate both parts of the brain. I mean, that's it, rather than isolating one part. And I think that's what um, you know this kind of behaviorist education system does. It's not cognitive. It's not developing an integrated ability for a person to think critically. To think on their exactly. own, and exactly. then to be able to apply logic. You know, this, right. these things I mean, are not automatic. Know, they have to be learned. You you have to use both sides of the brain. I mean, there's no problem in using the left and the right, but you cannot have the right brain dominate the left brain. That that is that's so perverse. It's it's right. incredible, but yet that is how the progressives are. What they're doing to America. And uh, and they're doing I mean, it quite, as your book will document, they're doing it fully, consciously, and wittingly. People of at course, the top. I, I mean, mean, your average teacher is not. All right, right Sam, we're going to take a brief break. Sam Blumenfeld's my guest. We'll be right back. Friend, this is Pat Boone with a pretty good idea on how you can earn extra money in your spare time. And while you're doing it, help provide food for starving children. You heard me. Now you can earn money for your family and provide meals for hungry children all at the same time. Why don't you check out usagoodness.com. Get more information on starting a new home business. You'll feel great earning extra money to help the family budget, but... You'll feel even better knowing that your work is actually saving lives. Go to usagoodness.com or call toll-free 800-301-6177. Again, 800-301-6177. You can earn some extra money for your family while helping other families in dire need of food and provision. 
800-301-6177 or usagoodness.com and you can tell them Pat Boone gave you the number. 589%. 589%? That is how much more fat you could burn if you were using the 10-2 and a chew weight loss system from ilikehowilook.com. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby. A double-blind controlled clinical study showed that the 10-2-and-a-chew weight loss system burned 589% more fat than exercise and dieting alone. Think how much easier it'll be to lose weight. Go to ilikehowilook.com and read the study for yourself. You swallow a small capsule at 10, another at 2, and eat a tasty collagen protein candy chew anytime you need a snack. And with that, you could burn 589% more fat. Watch the video at ilikehowilook.com to get the full story. Most people notice a curbed appetite and more energy the very first day. It's safe, all natural, there's a money-back guarantee, and they'll even send you free samples. Go to ilikehowilook.com, ilikehowilook.com. Hi, I'm Joan London, and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, Call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, 800-469-7591. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, Home Advisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And Home Advisor is absolutely free to use. At Home Advisor, you can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area and because home advisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home they conduct background checks on their service professionals it's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used home advisor go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project that's rebuild.homeadvisor.com Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse Chuck speaks. Sam Blumenfeld's my guest. We're talking about education in advance of the release of his new book, which will be out in the spring, published by World Net Daily, The Crimes of the Educators. Sam, the uh, we talked last week about the dangerous um, period of lame duck. And indeed, it's becoming worse than you can imagine. Both sides are involved in major activity, which is wrong. They should be going home for Christmas and and waiting for the new Congress to sit. 
We have on the one side Boehner passing a $1.3 trillion budget that locks in spending for almost a year um, and that increases, uh, that funds Obamacare. It funds Obama's uh, unlawful uh, executive action. It allows banks to get bailouts for, um, you know, when they invest in derivatives, All which right. is something that neither neither side wants. It was put in there by the bankers. Uh, and uh, he signs this thing, and instead he he passes it. He pressures Congress to pass it and does, when in fact all they had to do was uh, pass a continuing resolution which should have funded the government until January or February so that the new Congress would then have a chance to debate the budget. So, I mean, this is an insider. I don't know if he's a member of the CFR. I don't know if there's rumors that, uh, you know, the government's blackmailing him from the NSA. Nobody knows what's going on. But this is a – it really locks in all of the spending. Now, today's news indicates that Congress is about to confirm something in the neighborhood of 60 federal judges for Obama and that Obama is planning a press conference later today to announce a new change in relationship between the United States and Cuba. And he's releasing prisoners. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, these are all things that would not happen – with the new Congress seated, these are very. This is a very dangerous couple of weeks. It's going to be very dangerous right up to the day the new Congress is sworn in on January third. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen and are happening. What do you think? Well, you're absolutely right, and there's not much we can do about it. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. I mean, um, Obama is taking advantage of that of the situation and. Um, Apparently, Boehner was not in the mood for a, a big fight and the possibility of uh, of a government shutdown. And so, um, you know, he was able to muster the troops and get this thing passed. And also, also on the foreign relations front, strange things are happening. Uh, I read uh, Carolyn Glick had a had a good article in this last issue of the. Jerusalem Post, the weekly Jerusalem Post, in which she said that Obama's aim is to become an ally of Iran. In other words, to form a a friendly relationship with Iran. Do you believe that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's been the, um, the move since day one. I mean, during the election in Iran, he uh, said nothing while thugs basically put in place their their person. I mean, that the people of Iran were asking for some sort of a signal from the United States. Uh, he did nothing. The result is the radical ball has continued. He's done nothing about the nuclear development. Instead, he's stabbing Israel in the back, uh, basically telling Israel that um, he is going to cut off aid unless they stop allowing Jews to live in Jerusalem. Now there's rumors that um, there's a new anti-Israel, anti-Semitic U.N. resolution that's going to try to crack Israel over the head to create another Palestinian state by the end of two years, and Obama's administration won't won't comment on whether they're going to veto it. Yeah, that's very interesting. But uh, apparently uh, that gal who is the... uh, uh, 
gray eminence behind the throne. What's her name? Jarrett? Uh, Jarrett. Jarrett, yeah. yeah she Jared. has been in touch with the Iranians now for quite some time. And this would be the greatest betrayal in American history of America betraying its allies, Israel, Saudi Arabia, and the other countries that are very concerned about uh, 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 Iran's uh, atomic bomb, and and also Egypt. You know, Egypt now is practically an ally of Israel in trying to stop the um, uh, the radicals in Sinai from killing Egyptian soldiers. I mean, this is a so so um, Egypt is is coming down very hard on Hamas. And yet Hamas is continually uh, is, is already preparing for the next war with Israel. And what is yeah. and Obama's doing nothing. I mean, and and Kerry, this numbskull, Kerry uh, oh thinks that Israel is going we'll right to accept. accept. Well, we'll go on. A piece of chocolate cake called you into the kitchen. Has the Dairy Queen sign ever forced your car into the drive-thru lane? Have you ever had a bag of chips dive off the counter right into your hands? Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby, speaking for the ILikeHowILook.com website. Chances are, at some time in your day, you have been and will continue to be the victim of cravings. ILikeHowILook.com website realizes that you can't hide in your closet all day just to avoid snack attacks. That's why they recommend the 10 2 and a Chew weight loss system. 10 2 and a Chew offers powerful, natural appetite suppressants to put cravings on the run. To see a video explaining how it works, just go to ilikehowilook.com. They will send you a free sample. Most people notice a difference the very first day. It's much easier to lose weight without those sneaky cravings, so watch the video at ilikehowilook.com. That's ilikehowilook.com. Today in America, people wake up worrying about their job and paying their bills, and that stinks. People in third world countries wake up worrying if their children will have anything to eat, and that stinks even worse. There's a way to help solve both of those problems. Get on the internet and go to usagoodness.com and find out how you can be a social entrepreneur. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby, and for years I have been helping people work from home. With usagoodness.com, you can earn extra money working from home by helping to feed starving children in poverty-stricken areas. How great is that? The only tools you'll need are a telephone, Internet access, and a good work ethic. We'll teach you how to be a social entrepreneur and earn extra money while helping others. Go to usagoodness.com or call 800-301-6177. 800-301-6177. Chuck Morse speaks. Thanks so much. And Sam Blumenfeld's my guest. We're talking issues of the day. Um, as, uh, as, of course, our government moves into the lame duck period, it's a matter of weeks before the new Congress is sworn in. Um, but unfortunately, once they are sworn in, they're not going to be able to debate Obamacare. They're not going to be able to defund it. They're not going to be able to really debate 
the president's unlawful executive orders because the Boehner Congress has already made sure that all these things will be funded well into next year. And it was not a matter of the government shutting down because they could have, as I said, passed a continuing resolution to fund the government until January or February. They didn't have to sign this bill that funds it all the way through to the end of next year. Uh, it's a very strange insider game going on over there. And, you know, it's the same. It's everything that people thought they had voted against when they voted for the Republicans. You know, one of the little sidebar stories to come out of this was that um, when it looked like Boehner only had one vote or that it was a tie, basically he tricked a congressman, a lied to him, to tell him to vote for this by saying, oh, this won't happen. Next year we'll get rid of it, when that was not true. And then... Another day went by, and they, the, the bill had another couple of hundred pages added to it, which means that they were paying people off. They were giving people extra favors for their districts to win over their votes. So as a result, they got the votes needed, and they passed it through. It's very, well, very uh, angering I, I, I to ag- me, I sir. agree with you. It's, it's, it's strange, and uh, this, is one of, this is the way that Congress operates. Uh, and, and of course, the Republicans, you know, since um, we can remember, have never repealed a liberal law. They never have. Exactly. Uh, because they are part of the problem. But um, hopefully with some of the, some red-hot conservatives coming into Congress in January, they might be able to shake things up. We'll just have to wait and see. But Boehner simply took advantage of the situation as it is now, you know, with the uh, Harry Reid running the, the Senate and, um, and uh, getting all these things passed, a lot of, of uh, pork in, in it. And, uh, and as you noticed, uh, Elizabeth Warren, also came out against it because she didn't like what they did to to the Barney Frank bill, you know. the. Um, well, uh, I actually agree with her, Sam, but I think that in her case it was just posturing. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, she, do you really yeah. think the Democratic Senate is going to stop Obama's spending bill? I mean, they already had the votes. Yeah. She was able to do that in order to create a political image as somehow standing up to the banks, and yeah. rightfully. I mean, the banks were able to put in a bill – that that basically guarantees that the government are going to bail them out if they have a if they have a bad derivative right. investment. It was the very same thing that led to the meltdown of 2008. Now the media is falsely portraying this as a Republican victory. The yeah. Republicans have nothing to do with that. Nobody wants that. That look, I had on this program none other than Jack Abramoff. Remember him? Yes. He yeah. uh, he was the the lobbyist that went to prison. I read his book. I had him on the show. Brilliant guy. He explains how this works. You had the bankers, the big, you know, the guys, the banks that basically own the Federal Reserve. They basically hired very expensive lobbyists, spent a lot of money, and had this little piece of legislation slipped into the bill. Republicans were afraid to vote against it because they didn't want to shut down the government. It's not because they support this. Nobody supports it. It's yeah. the bankers. It's just. I, I, I'm sorry to say well, it, but it's in the other words, quiet that's how, hand that that's runs how the government. Is, that's how business is transacted in Washington. You've got the lobbyists, and you've got the um, 
the people who write the bills and how they get how they manage to get the wording into the bill itself we don't know it's, it's a, a pretty a mysterious operation indeed we'll be right back A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show Chuck Morse Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Morse Speaks, people listen. The taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the, the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on demand page at deborahray.us. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Com. And if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone, like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. Really? Yeah. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, 800-469-7591. Chuck Morse Speaks. Thanks so much, Sam Blumenfeld's my guest. Sam, this is uh, an example of what uh, Professor Michael Glennon of the uh, Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy talks about when he writes about the, um, you know, the double government. The people of this country elected a Congress to, to cut the size of the government, to not fund Obamacare, to stop the president's illegal and unlawful actions, 
and look what happens. It's very depressing, actually. I don't well, know yeah, how you feel about it. Yeah, it is depressing, but you know, uh, you also have to realize that we are in a uh, in a pickle. I mean, you know, the the country elected a communist, put him in the White House, and we have to deal with that situation. And we'll see. That, you that know, we know, but what about we, the Congress? He is going to do a great deal of damage, not only to this country, but to Israel and to uh, all of the um, uh, the enemies of Iran. He's going to make a deal with Iran. Why do you think he fired Hegel? You know, nobody has done very much in, in, in going, uh, finding out what did Hegel do wrong. Do you know what Hegel did wrong? He helped he the Israelis. Obama. He helped the Israelis in the war against Hamas. He was the one who got them the uh, the additional ammunition or whatever it was that they wanted, what the Israelis wanted. As a matter of fact, the Isra- he turned out to be the Israel's best friend, and that's why uh, Obama got rid of him. You know, Isn't that's that uh, and and. Uh, the Jews now realize that this was in the in the um, Jerusalem Post where they said that Hegel turned out to be the best friend that Israel has ever had, and uh, and and so he was completely thwarting Obama's uh, uh, policy, which was not to uh, send arms to Israel uh, to help fight the the war in Gaza. Uh, and and that's that very incredible? interesting, and nobody has written about it, but I was able to read about it in the Jerusalem Post. That Sam, that yeah, that almost leaves just one speechless. That he wanted to not help Israel during the Hamas invasion. I mean, is he pro Hamas? Who? We'll be right back. Uh, Obama. Obama. Of course, he's pro. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Maurice Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law, this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thanks so much, Sam Blumenfeld's my guest. Sam, the outrages just keep on coming, and I, I just can hope and pray, as can we all, that the new Congress will understand its constitutional powers once they come in and exercise them. Another story that's coming out of Washington right now is that Obama is advocating. Apparently, something there's been a whistleblower who's released this behind the scenes that upwards of um, 
70,000 uh, Arabs from the uh, conflicts in Syria be admitted to the United States yearly. Uh, these are people under the status of refugees. Now, one of the little interesting aspects of it is that in order to qualify for this program, one would have had to have been an opponent of the Assad regime. Now, what that means is that uh, the Christians of, of Syria, who are being slaughtered, who are being massacred, who are being crucified in some cases, communities that still speak Aramaic, that go back thousands of years to the time of Christ, are being wiped out. They will not qualify for such amnesty or such uh, refugee status because they're not opponents of the Assad regime. The people that are slaughtering them is not Assad. It's these um, ISIS and al-Nusra and al-Qaeda-connected opponents of Assad. So what you're going to have is 70,000 Sunnis coming into the country uh, yeah, who are opponents know, uh, of, of uh, Assad. Well, that's, that's par for the course. This man is trying, in the short time he has left, to do everything in his power to change America in in the way that he wants. So you, you're going to have more Muslims in this country, um, lots of them who hate Jews. Uh, you're going to have uh, more uh, Mexican and uh, South Central American migrants, you know, coming into this country and being practically welcomed uh, by the uh, Border Patrol. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, one of the reasons why he uh, appointed Hegel was because uh, the Jews thought that he was anti-Israel. And so that's, uh, and, uh-huh. and Obama thought that uh, Hegel would, would carry out his anti-Israel program. But then Hegel turned out to be very much in favor of Israel, very pro-Israel, and that's why he got rid of him. And I don't know what the new man is like or whether he is uh, uh, pro-Israel or anti-Israel, but he's been nominated. I don't know if he's been uh, actually uh, accepted by the Congress yet. I don't think so, but uh, it's interesting that – I wonder what the Jewish community's response is to all this. What was that? I'd love to see what the Jewish community's response is, at least – I mean, I've got Alan Dershowitz coming on this program um, either next week or right after the first of the year, and I'm going to be talking about this with him because he actually he actually knows Obama, not personally, but you know he's been he's been consulted. Well, yeah, and he uh, should he should be able to explain what's going on. But we're we're dealing with a with a treacherous rat in the White House, and there's mm-hmm. and that's why you know the other day when I was on your show. I kept saying that he should be impeached. I mean, how much more yes. damage does he have to do before we finally get rid of him? You know, that that's it. It's known that he's damaging this country. Everybody knows that. That's the that's the reason why you had that overwhelming uh, Republican uh, uh, a triumph in in November. I mean, so the country knows that this man is bad for this country. He's poison for the America for uh, this country, and I think there would be a great deal of support for impeachment by now. I mean, how much more damage 
uh, is he going to do? Wait till, wait till this business comes out with Iran to see how he handles Iran. I mean, and once the betrayal is so obvious, uh, impeachment is going to be the best way to get rid of this character. There's no reason why we have to tolerate him for the next two years. And if it, well, and Sam, if, I think it's going to depend. It's going to depend on how vigorous the new Congress is going to be. And uh, one little good piece of news on all of this awful anti-constitutional stuff going on is that a federal judge in, um, I think, Pennsylvania. Oh, yes, yes, I've heard about that. that uh, yeah, he's thrown out a large portion of Obama's executive authority saying it's unconstitutional. His comments were very blunt and very direct and very scathing. He said Obama is trying to legislate where Congress is supposed to do it. He read the Constitution. Uh, I don't know how much that's going to have in terms of an effect on things, but it is getting some press. It is a, a federal judge uh, making a ruling. So you know, that's a positive. Anyway, we'll be right back. senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, And uh, I don't know if the Congress will be off. I wouldn't be at all surprised if the Congress will be there late late at night, you know, on January 2nd, still signing bills, and Obama will be there signing executive orders and apparently what he's calling, quote, memoranda, yeah. which is something that's a little different than an executive order, but it's the same thing. He can now say, well, I signed less executive orders than George Bush. Well, Sure. But he signed about twice as many of these memoranda, which apparently have the same binding effect. So uh, that's what we're looking at, Sam. Okay, well, listen, it's uh, good being with you today. And if uh, any of your listeners want to get a good uh, Christmas gift for their uh, family, they ought to get my Alpha Phonics reading program, uh, which, of course, uh, has been used by thousands of homeschoolers 
to teach their kids to read in the proper phonetic way. Uh, it's the only prog- only reading program in America that puts the emphasis on the development of the left side of the brain, the cognitive side, uh, the side that deals with logic and vocabulary and all of that. My daughter, my daughter's a student of Alpha Phonics, and she's at the top, one of the top students in the state. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Well, you know, you have to create a future for your daughter. Uh, is she a conservative? Exactly. Is she uh, yeah. That's she, good. She's a okay. conservative, but not necessarily the same way you and I are a conservative. Uh-huh. Like she's tolerant toward things like gay marriage. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I think that that's just uh, – and, in fact, a lot of conservatives of the younger generation, they are. I mean, it's not that they like it or support it, but they think, well, you know, it's a civil liberties issue. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right, okay, Sam, we'll take care. God bless. Thank you so much, Sam. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Are losing weight and feeling better with the 10 Tuna Chew weight loss system from ilikehowilook.com. Here is U.S. Army Sergeant Dave Myers. Since I started taking the Nuvina, probably, I want to say 60, 65 days ago, I have lost over 12 pounds. I have a long military career, and it has caused some issues with my knees and my ankles over the years, and I have become accustomed to just being in pain with one of those areas. I can only attribute the way I feel to the Nuvina because that's the only thing that's changed in my diet, and I am absolutely pain-free in knees and ankles, and it just feels great to be able to get out and run around and move pain-free again. The Nufina Collagen Protein Shake is part of the 10 2 and a Chew weight loss system from ilikehowilook.com. Collagen feeds the joints, hair, and skin. This could help you lose weight, feel better, and look younger. Watch the video on ilikehowilook.com and get the full story. They even offer free samples. Go to ilikehowilook.com. It was not a good situation. We had been running up balances for quite some time, and it became a crisis. Finally, my wife, Vicki, said, call Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752 to talk to a certified counselor. We called them. They contacted all of our creditors. They stopped the collections calls. They got the interest reduced, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your bills, stop collections calls, wipe out late fees, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We are now completely debt-free, and we will never be in the spot we were again, thanks to Trinity. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752. My name is John. I'm Vicki. And I'm Emma. And, and we're, we're debt-free debt for keeps. That's 1-800-793-8752. conservative in the cradle of liberty you'll want to listen when chuck moore speaks on the information radio network thanks so much our number two of chuck moore speaks monday through friday 10 till noon here at the usa radio networks again i'd like to thank sam blumenfeld for joining me in the first hour 
the author of NEA Trojan Horse in American Education. I like to do a lot of programming uh, on uh, history, particularly American history. And uh, to help us uh, with that, this segment, we're joined by Charles F. Howlett, who is the co-author, along with Scott H. Bennett, of the book Anti-War Dissent and Peace Activism in World War I America. Charles, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Hello there, Chuck. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, Good. The, uh, the issue of history that we're discussing, I- that you, you describe in your book, is one that is of particular interest to me because I think that uh, the period leading up to and the conduct of World War I really radically changed the United States in ways that, uh, that people don't necessarily perceive. Uh, your book specifically focuses on the anti-war movement, the peace movement, peace activism. Um, and my first observation uh, when I read your book and when I look at that movement in general is that um, while, while most of the people in that movement were well-meaning people, and a lot of them were conservatives and who understood the concept of peace in the conservative context, uh-huh. um, at the same at the same time, it was also co-opted by people who, and and I don't consider Eugene Debs as one of them. I think he was a great a hero, <laughs> but it was co-opted by groups and people who actually were not interested in peace. They were interested in war. Right. Uh, you know, they wanted to use the peace movement as a sort of a vehicle to promote what they sought, which was war, or what they euphemistically called revolution. Um, am I am I making an accurate observation in that regard? Well, I think I think there's a qualifier there, Chuck. In that, uh, one of the more interesting aspects uh, from the historian's point of view, in terms of reform, uh, and many of the historians uh, who came of age during the uh, the Vietnam War period, uh, looked at the peace activism as something more than simply the absence of war. Uh, they also looked at the concept of peace in terms of change. And one of the more fascinating aspects of this from the historian's point of view is that uh, they looked at it in terms of how the, the reform movement could be used for uh, racial equality, for labor equality, for gender equality. And I think World War One marked a, very, a turning point uh, in, in American history as well as, of course, in world history in terms of how peace activism now was not simply the, uh, the absence of war, but also in terms of how it could be used to change society, to improve society. So I think you have a, a, a point there, but I'd, like to, I'd just like to throw in that qualifier there, that peace became something more than the absence of war. Well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the the peace movement and, by the way, war itself um, did contribute to greater enfranchisement of more people, you know, women, minorities, as you say. Right. And uh, I view that as a conservative trend also. But I'm specifically talking about the fact that people in the so-called peace movement mm-hmm. actually were advocates of war. I'm not talking about okay, you, know, what you yes. euphemistically. Yeah. You 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 are euphemistically yeah. using the word change, but <laughs> right. the fact is that this this change that you're euphemistically describing was right. at times revolution, and revolution is war. Now, a lot of the people that I think were involved in it were unwitting. 
and including a lot of people who were actual pacifists. Now, you quote in the book the Lusk Committee, which had a very interesting finding in their uh, in their congressional hearings, one that I think was basically described it when uh, when one of the congressmen at that committee said that he named a particular pacifist group, and he said that the pacifists had been used um, as pawns for people behind the scenes who were anything but pacifists. Well, okay. They were people who were supporters, for example, of the Bolshevik Revolution, and they were supporters of use uh, of means that could include violence and revolution, and revolution is the left's description of, of jihad, <laughs> uh, that they were, were could have been used for acts of violence and war. Now, if you want to argue that war and violence is good, then that's all fine. And that's fine. I mean, that's a legitimate dialogue. But but what's interesting to me, from a somewhat of a an armchair historian perspective, is the use of terms like peace activism, quote unquote, or anti-war, quote unquote, when in fact, you know, people people who many of whom went along with it because they actually were anti-war were led to believe that these movements were actually for peace when they were not. They were for war. They were for revolution. Well, in certain cases, I think there there is a, an underlying agenda uh, on the part of some of the socialists and some of the more radicals in furthering their own particular agenda. And you, you do touch upon a valid point. Uh, I go back to the argument, however, that, uh, that uh, many of the... Uh, opponents of the war uh, who uh, were classified as pacifists, and that's an interesting term. There's a couple of things I would just would like to point out. First of all, the term pacifist came about probably in the 1890s, coined by a Frenchman by the name of Emile Honard, and he argued that uh, the pacifist movement was an internationalist movement uh, for disarmament and international law and arbitration. The classification that was then used uh, during World War I pacifist was then used as a term to classify anybody that was opposed to all aspects of war. So the terminology itself, or the word pacifist, actually changed from its pre-war connotation to the World War I terminology, which then was applied afterwards. Now, rather interestingly, Chuck, uh, many of the... Um, so-called pacifists who were internationalists were also militarists. Uh, a historian uh, by the name of Michael Lusker wrote an interesting article called A Pacifist is Militarist. Individuals like Nicholas Murray Butler from Columbia University, who, was, uh, who wrote a very influential work called The International Mind, uh, based on the Lake Mohawk arbitration conferences, was a big proponent and later became the president of the Carnegie Endowment, who was president of Columbia. He argued uh, during World War I he became in favor. I supported the war. Uh, many people were caught up in the Wilsonian idealism that this would be the war to end all wars. So, uh, interestingly, the, the terminology, uh, we have to be very careful in terms of how we apply it. I think a more accurate right. description. Okay, Chuck, go ahead. No, I mean this is great because uh, this is you know we're talking about the use of terms, and I right. think that um, a lot of Americans who actually were pacifists in the conventional meaning of the term, which is against war, 
right. might have been fooled by those who were using the term to actually mean war. You're describing Nicholas Murray Butler, he pacifist as militarist? That seems uh, like an interesting contradiction. Well, I mean, it either is. you're a pacifist or you're not. Well, and the fact a- is that, that uh, look, the, uh, the average American who was a pacifist, and by the way, the term was coined, as you say, but the concept existed long before that. I mean, right. I wrote a book, for example, about anti-Semitism, and right. someone pointed out to me that anti-Semitism is a modern uh, term that was coined in the late 1890s by a German journalist. But does that mean that it didn't exist before? I mean, I mean, excuse me. Yeah. So the fact is that pacifism as a conventional concept, that has existed all the way back to the beginning of time. I mean, Abraham Lincoln gave exemptions to the Shakers because they were pacifists. That's right. They didn't have to participate in the Civil War. Maybe they didn't use the word pacifism back then. We're getting semantic here. The fact is that the word pacifism to most Americans meant anti-war, and not not militism, not internationalism, not revolution. It meant they did not want to participate in war, period. Not not just war against one side, but not the other. Well, you have you. That's uh, you're talking. You're, you're talking to someone that's a former military uh, serviceman and uh, a parent of two uh, current active duty members in the military, graduates of West Point and the Air Force Academy. So, rather interestingly, uh, I understand your point of view, and uh, I feel very strongly, however, uh, that uh, there is a. And we can play with the semantics, but I, I like to. Uh, I'm currently working on a, a book uh, about John Dewey, and you're well familiar with John Dewey, who was a big supporter of World War One. Uh, a British historian uh, coined the term, and he spelled it pacifist, P A C I F I S C I C I S T, and he referred to it as the defining of faith. And what he said, and I think this is a fairly accurate description. Uh, of many people, um, it's about that type of a pacifist is one who is against war, but under certain circumstances, when everything is contrary to decency and humanity, will support a war. And uh, Dewey is that type of a person who actually, after World War II, became very active in supporting the outlawry of war movement. And which culminated in <laughs> the Kellogg-Briand Pact, which really didn't do anything. Uh, but he, he right, was, a banned uh, war technically. Yeah, right. And uh, the irony of that too. War. Yeah, the irony of that was the the Senate uh, uh, signed the treaty. Everybody approved it. Uh, at the same time, they approved it. They added a qualifier where they added 15 new uh, naval warships uh, to the budget. So, uh, right. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, it's interesting that you're, Charles, that you're writing a book about John Dewey. My my yeah. guest in the first hour, Sam Blumenfeld, has written extensively about John Dewey's education modalities and uh, right. the, how right. he was sort of the father of so-called progressive education, right. taking phonics out of the schools and replacing it with look-say and, and, yep. and his socialistic agenda. Right, yeah. Uh, in fact, I'd like, to, I'd like to talk to you in the future about that book, maybe I could have both you and Sam on the show to discuss oh, John Dewey, be, since uh, he's nice. also written. But, nice. but going back to the yeah. topic at hand, right. oh, no, it's a right. very interesting subject. Um, look, I mean, the, the people we're talking about it right. w- were, uh, the, the Lust Committee was correct in that you had 
people who were anything but peaceful and people who were not supporters of peace, in many cases supporters of the Bolshevik Revolution and Lenin, who murdered up, up to three million people before Hitler even got started on his socialist experiment. Right. Uh, they were they were basically uh, call, you know they, they used the word peace in their title. Uh, a good example of that you you brought it up as well was the Carnegie Institute for International Peace. Correct. Now the the Carnegie, not at all. <laughs> the Carnegie Institute and the Carnegie maybe conservative because from your where you're coming from, the Carnegie Institute uh, in not in the 1950s, the Risk Committee which was investigating foundations, got right. testimony from the Carnegie Institute, that being Charles Dodd, the uh, chief uh, investigator. And he was privy to the minutes of meetings that took place around 1914, around that time, where they discussed how can we bring about socialism in the United States. And after a year of debating the issue, they came to the conclusion that the best way to do it was war. Anyway, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back, Charles. Okay, very good. Friend, this is Pat Boone with a pretty good idea on how you can earn extra money in your spare time and, while you're doing it, help provide food for starving children. You heard me. Now you can earn money for your family and provide meals for hungry children all at the same time. Why don't you check out usagoodness.com. Get more information on starting a new home business. You'll feel great earning extra money to help the family budget, but you'll feel even better knowing that your work is actually saving lives. Go to usagoodness.com or call toll-free 800-301-6177. Again, 800-301-6177. You can earn some extra money for your family while helping other families in dire need of food and provision. 800-301-6177 or usagoodness.com and you can tell them Pat Boone gave you the number. We're talking to Floyd Wilson, who after years of struggling with being overweight, has had his jaws wired shut to force him to eat less. Floyd, how's it going? Oh. It looks like that's uncomfortable. Uh -huh. Certainly I can see how that could help you lose weight, Floyd, but isn't it a bit extreme? You could have just ordered the 10, 2, and a chew weight loss system from ilikehowilook.com website, and all you would have had to do to lose weight is take a small capsule at 10 a.m., one at 2 p.m. They will curb your appetite and help you burn more calories. Then any time you felt a need for a snack, just eat one of their great-tasting collagen protein candy chews. You can learn all about it on ilikehowilook.com. They'll even send you free samples. Floyd, what are you doing with those wire cutters? Shouldn't you let a doctor do that? <coughs> Go to ilikehowilook.com and check out the world's easiest weight loss system. Ask for free samples. That's ilikehowilook.com. This report brought to you by Bank of America, working with travel expert Samantha Brown. Make your travel count. According to a recent Bank of America survey, two out of five Americans seek out local cultural activities when visiting new places. Planning vacation activities that immerse yourself in local culture can be rewarding and stretch your budget. Samantha Brown, TV host and travel expert. Explore activities and destinations you've always dreamed of when planning your next vacation. A great way to get the most out of your trip is to take advantage of the local culture and explore new customs and culinary experiences. 
In addition, use a Travel Rewards credit card that allows you to redeem your points on travel expenses. The Bank AmeriCard Travel Rewards credit card gives you the flexibility to use your points to offset the cost of many activities that make your vacation memorable. You earn unlimited one and a half points for every dollar spent on all purchases. Plus, you can get a 10% customer points bonus on every purchase with an active Bank of America checking or savings account. For more information, visit www.bankofamerica.com slash travel rewards. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. When our daughter Emma was born, we took a look at our credit card debt. It was not a good situation. We had been running up balances for quite some time, and it became a crisis. Finally, my wife Vicki said, call Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752 to talk to a certified counselor. We called them, they contacted all of our creditors, they stopped the collections calls, they got the interest reduced, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your bills, stop collections calls, wipe out late fees, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We are now completely debt-free, and we will never be in the spot we were again, thanks to Trinity. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752. My name is John. I'm Vicki. And I'm Emma. And, and we're, we're debt-free debt for keeps. That's 1-800-793-8752. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and we're joined by Charles F. Howlett. He is the co-author of Anti-War Dissent and Peace Activism in World War I America. Good documented, good, uh, very well-documented book um, on uh, the anti-war movement and its nature. Um, Charles, I was talking about the... Um, the Carnegie Institute for International Peace. Right. Um, the, the minutes to the meeting, which were part of congressional testimony in the Greece Committee in the 1950s, were that uh, they deliberated for a year on how to bring about socialism in America, how to create, how to basically do an end run around the Constitution and create a, you know, a socialistic system here um, and, as a way of merging America into what they hoped would be a, a world system. And uh, the the uh, the answer to their question eventually was that they decided the best way to do it was a war, that they would support war, and of course World War One broke out less than a year after that uh, conclusion. Now I'm not necessarily tying the two in, but there were a lot of coincidences around that time. Now I, you you say that they're conservative. I mean I would argue that um, the Carnegie Institute is part of this what we euphemistically call the Eastern Seaboard Liberal Establishment. They're not <laughs> communist, but they certainly work with communists. And I think they view communism as a way to sort of run things on the street while they run things in the boardrooms. I mean, it's kind of a, um, it's like a scissor effect. And, uh, in fact, uh, people at the Carnegie Institute and other sort of Eastern Seaboard Establishment figures they backed the candidacy of Woodrow Wilson, who was a self-described socialist and who had written a book in the 1880s basically calling the Constitution a, an, an antiquated document and that we needed to get rid of it to move toward a more administrative system. And well, uh, he was elected as a minority president because of a three-way race. Right. And once he was elected, he immediately implemented the the income tax he signed the 16th wow. amendment right. he signed the federal reserve act which turned our the ability to 
create currency over to this private consortium of bankers. And then in World War I, he basically declared what can only be described as martial law. Now, they were very well-meaning socialists. As I said, people like Eugene right. Debs. Oh, uh, Norman who, uh, Thomas. Who uh, was uh, Norman Thomas, yeah. Who? Uh, let me get into him in a minute. But <laughs> Debs and them were put in. They, they were thrown into prison and re- eventually released by Warren Harding. Correct. Um, but but the fact is that that his agenda and his administration represented an unprecedented centralization of, of authority, which is what socialism is. And uh, one of the masterminds behind his his administration, a man that he described as his 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 alter ego, was a very sinister character by the name of Edward Mandel House. Uh-huh. And uh, Colonel House, Colonel who House. went to Great Britain went to Great Britain in 1916 to urge them to continue to fight because they weren't done yet. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he authored a book called Philip Drew Administrator, uh, a fictional book of which he, he was, it was signed by Anonymous. Eventually he revealed that he was the author, where he said that he dreamed of an America as modeled in the image of Karl Marx <laughs> and that he saw sort of a fascistic Western Hemisphere with an administrative-type government doing an end run around the Constitution, one that would rule administratively and that one would create, move toward equality and all of that kind of thing. And, I mean, I hardly think that you can describe these people as conservatives. I mean, conservative Americans, I would argue, made up the backbone of the peace movement because their understanding of peace was in the vein of uh, one of our greatest conservatives in history, and that was George Washington who in his farewell address said that the United States would hold up a benevolent hand of friendship to the nations of the world, but we would also not engage in entangling alliances. Mm-hmm. You know, that we our interests were at home, we stood for sovereignty. We uh, His view was extended by the Monroe Doctrine, which recognized an alliance between sovereign states in the Western Hemisphere against exploitation from abroad. But beyond that, we would not. We would be peaceful. We would not engage in these wars. Uh, you know, it was a genuine peace movement, and that's what I think was the bulk of the peace movement in in before World War One. I. I mean, well, that's I think- why Wilson had to lie in order to get reelected, even though he'd signed the secret treaty with the British, because the American people were not in favor of the war. They weren't in favor right. of World War Two either, and they well, were conservative. They, they, you know, the, the, there's a lot of issues that you raise that are interesting, and I, and I appreciate the way you're couching it and uh, driving home your, your points. I think you're, you're a very effective uh, uh, communicator. Uh, I would like to just mention that, uh, yes, the pre-war, it's very interesting, the pre-war peace movement was dominated primarily by conservatives. There's no question, as I said earlier, uh, Butler and others... Uh, Charles, I apologize, but we have another break here. Okay, I, I'm really sorry about that. It, the, but sit tight. The show gets a little choppy at this point, but sit tight. We'll be right back. Okay. A home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And HomeAdvisor is 
absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. When our daughter Emma was born, we took a look at our credit card debt. It was not a good situation. We had been running up balances for quite some time, and it became a crisis. Finally, my wife Vicki said, call Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752 to talk to a certified counselor. We called them, they contacted all of our creditors, they stopped the collections calls, they got the interest reduced, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your bills, stop collections calls, wipe out late fees, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We are now completely debt-free, and we will never be in the spot we were again, thanks to Trinity. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752. My name is John. I'm Vicki. And I'm Emma. And, and we're, we're debt-free debt for keeps. That's 1-800-793-8752. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. Charles Howlett's my guest. Anti-war dissent and peace activism is the book. Uh, Charles, I, I don't mean to hog the show, so please continue. Yes, okay, Chuck. Uh, I, I think what, uh, what is interesting, and I just want to get the plug in here with, uh, with uh, respect to the book, is that this book contains information from all uh, political uh, Spectrums. Uh, we there are conservative uh, uh, who conservatives uh, in this work. Uh, there are radicals. Uh, there are pacifists. There are non-pacifists. There are political leaders. So uh, it covers a broad range. And one of the points uh, I think that uh, is important to understand is how the conservative uh, pre-war peace movement uh, was transformed by the war. The war, World War One, was a a seminal event in terms of how it transformed, how uh, those who loved peace or wanted peace uh, began to look at it in terms of a broader vision. And certainly the traditional pre-war peace activists um, were very much involved in promoting the goal of internationalism, uh, and that would carry over uh, into the post-war period, where they also promoted uh, the idea of a League of Nations, a world court, uh, encouraged disarmament treaties, and then you had another wing or another uh, part of that movement that uh, insisted on a more militant approach, which consisted of socialists and uh, more radical-minded uh, uh, activists. Uh, many of them also, I should add, uh, incorporated women into the, the peace movement. That was also a major change brought about by World War One, uh, the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom. Uh, was organized after the war, uh, predominantly uh, led by Jane Addams. Uh, and, and those particular, that wing of the movement itself uh, looked uh, at it in terms of not necessarily just the diplomatic aspects, but looked at labor relations, racial justice, 
economic parity, gender equity. So you had a combination of factors uh, uh, to just to define this movement as simply one particular uh, approach is incorrect. Uh, there were many different aspects to it uh, with regard to how they wanted to achieve uh, 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 world peace, which was uh, very difficult. Obviously, uh, World War I sensitized many people to the horrors of war itself. Uh, just as an aside, Chuck, um, yep. uh, what interested me in this, I served, actually was in the military during the Vietnam War, but I always remembered uh, Lou Ayers, the actor, who started All Quiet yep. on the Western Front, was my father's mm-hmm. combat combat medic in the Philippines. My father was a highly yep. decorated uh, war hero, uh, but he always, he never talked about the the war itself, but what he did mention to me many, many years ago was how he admired the courage of Lou Ayers, who was, as you well know, a conscientious objector, but chose to serve uh, his country, even though though he risked his own life to save others. That, to me, was something very um, honorable and something that I always kept in the back of my mind, and that's probably what somewhat generated my interest in finding out more about who who are these individuals, uh, the the people that were uh, opposed to war, or who were con- what we would call conscientious objectors, which was another interesting right. aspect mm-hmm. from this book, in, in terms of how sure. the government uh, looked Charles, at. Charles was uh, yeah. uh, was Lou Ayers related to Bill Ayers? No, Bill Ayers okay. uh, was, uh, is the fellow outside in Chicago from the Weather Underground. Right, yeah, right exactly. during the during uh, the Vietnam uh, period, right. You know, I think that I, I've, I've – um, it is a very diverse movement, as you say. Correct. I right. would argue that it's mostly conservative, that the uh, the socialists, many of them were well-meaning, but ultimately they were oriented not toward peace but toward war. Well, they were looking That's at – That's my argument. Well, okay. I could just – Yeah, they, they call by. it – called by different – called by different names. I would also argue that the world internationalist movement was war-oriented as well. All right, we'll be right back. i got another break here. Sorry about that, Charles. We'll be right back. A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse, is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show Chuck Morse Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Morse speaks, people listen. The taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the, the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the On Demand page at deborahray.us. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. 
Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law, this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, proof of God in heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via his universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Dubai, Nestle USA. Eating well can fit in your busy schedule without involving the drive-thru. New research supported by Nestle USA found that people who reported eating frozen meals ate fewer calories and grams of fat than fast food eaters. The study found diners of frozen meals versus fast food consumed 25% more vegetables, 61% more whole grains, and higher amounts of fiber, vitamin A, and vitamin C. Cassandra Hoover, Nutrition Health and Wellness Manager for Nestle USA. The key to good nutrition is eating a balanced plate. Many frozen prepared meals come full of key essential nutrients and built-in portion guidance, making them good options for those always on the go. When it's time to host dinner, consider freshly prepared thin frozen meals such as Stouffer's party-sized lasagna with meat and sauce or chicken enchiladas with cheese sauce and rice. Both feed more than five people and provide three grams of fiber per serving. For more information to balance your plate, visit nestleusa.com forward slash balance. That's nestleusa.com forward slash balance. Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. Charles, I can see that we, we're going to need a lot more time than this one hour to really do this. Yeah. I hope, I hope right. you'll come back with me because I like to do uh, repeats and series of interviews. Um, I, you know, again, I would argue that the internationalist movement was oriented toward war as a means of creating a world order. And right. the uh, well. big expositors of that in the United States were people that I mentioned, Woodrow Wilson, Edward Mandel House, Robert Lansing, the Secretary of State. You know, these were people who are, again, part of this. They're not communists, but they're willing to work with communists. And they're part of, they're on the left. They're part of the Eastern Seaboard liberal establishment. They're not conservatives. And that they want to create this world order, this world government, which they think is going to bring about some kind of a fantasy of utopian peace. Uh, it's it's completely contrary to conservative views, and it's completely, I would argue, contrary to to peace views. Now, as far as the hello, um, okay, we, we, um, some kind of a technical issue. Uh, Charles, as far as the business, you know, the movement toward uh, women's rights, minority rights, I would argue that those are organic American movements, and that your book does a very good job of documenting how. The left tried to co-opt those movements for its own purposes. Yeah. Okay, we're having a couple of minor technical problems. Maybe we'll try to call Charles back. Um, let me just send his number again. It's an interesting book, and uh, it's a big subject. It gets into some very fundamental questions of uh, of left versus right versus conservative views. And uh, I actually think that, that uh, this book, the book being Anti-War Dissent and Peace Activism in World War I America, it very clearly documents how the left co-opted the genuine peace movement, how they 
move their revolutionaries into positions, both openly and otherwise, uh, so that they could affect their agendas within what were otherwise generally either conservative or moderately liberal movements and organizations, pro-American uh, movements and organizations. And, um, and that as such, they damaged the peace movement. We'll be right back. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Chuck Morse Speaks. To, to give out your website again and your Twitter account and your Facebook and all that. You've been doing a very good job with that. But let me ask you, um, Grant, you've been talking a little bit, uh, we, were talking, we were talking about helpmates, uh, about a woman being a helpmate to her husband. And so you were, right. saying, you were saying that you and your wife have similar callings, that you're called to be a pastor, she's called to be your helpmate and to be a mom. And you also said your, your wife enjoys writing, right? Is that what she said? Right. Okay. Now here's, I'm glad you brought this up because I think one of the, one of the objections that some, some, uh, egalitarians might make is they'll say, well, what if a woman's got her own calling? Why is, why is her calling, why should her calling be to just, you know, nurture her husband and fertilize his, his, uh, you know, his, uh, his, his flower, you know, so to speak, you know, his, his, you know, so you're not opposed to the idea of a woman having her own ministry as well as, as helping her husband. Yeah. I mean, I think you got to just, you know, you mentioned not much, biblical text for how a woman is supposed to live this out. But one text uh, in particular, Titus 2, it says, um, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, Titus 2, 3, uh, not slanders to slaves too much wine, they're to teach what is good, and so train the young woman, young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. I think the main emphasis there is on on their calling to love their husbands and and their children and to serve them well. Um, now, you know, certainly God calls uh, 
men and women to do, you know, things outside of their calling to be a wife and a husband. Um, right. But my calling, whatever God calls me to do, um, you know, my calling uh, first and foremost is to to be, since I am a husband, is to provide for my family and right. protect them. And so whatever I may think God's called me to do, if it doesn't enable me to do that, then it, it's it's probably, you know, maybe something he wants me to do later, but right. not pursue right now. And I feel like for a, a young woman, you know, the question is, can I do this? Can I do that? May, you know, the, I think the better framework is, is how, how am I loving my husband well? How am I loving my children well? And in light of that calling, you know, you know, and, and where maybe God's directing my heart over here, you know, but I don't think that that, you know, supersedes her, her call to be her husband's help. And, okay, I agree with uh, that. But don't you also think, don't you yeah. also think a good, I totally agree with that. But let me ask you, is, don't you think it's also, uh, don't you think a good, a good husband will support his wife in her own ministry as well? If she, if she can still, you know, as long as it doesn't uh, compromise her ability to, you know, like what if she's called to be do children's ministry? What if she wants to go to school to be a Christian counselor? Or something? And maybe, again, maybe those things, like, for example, going to school, going back to school, uh, you know, maybe that's something she can do after she raises her kids. You know, so, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. That the, yeah, the, I mean, you know, there's, you know, I want my wife eventually to to, to do a seminary degree, and, and she's probably, you know, going to be starting uh, that soon. Um, but, you know, I think when God calls people uh, to a marriage, you know, they're they're called to be, you know, a one flesh partnership. And ultimately, um, that woman's calling to to be a help to her husband, um, you know, should should mean being there for him and helping him. And I'll just give you an example. As in the Marine Corps, uh, there was a guy that I knew that was stationed over in Japan, and his wife was back in the United States going to a school. He's like, yeah, well, she just felt called to do that. And I'm like, well you know, your wife, uh, man, that's like, you know, being your wife means that she lives with you. Like that's part of being your wife, you know, like and not being separated for three years for her going to school in the States while you're over here in Japan. Like, yeah, I I don't, I don't think that's right. And so, you know, I think, you know, there's just different situations. And And I I also think, here's the other thing that concerns me. Well, I'm concerned what we're doing to children. I have a, I have a, I, I know a, a young single mother. She's 21 years old, really smart girl. She just just got saved. Unfor- you know, she's a new Christian. Yeah. She is unfortunately she's a single mom, so she's you know she had to leave the guy she was with because he was in jail and all kinds of stuff. But she she's um, you know she's going to school to be a nurse, and she's also uh, she's also working at Little Caesars Pizza. So what she's doing here, and so and her kids in daycare, and her mothers to help yeah. take care of the kids, and you know, and I and I I've never said this to her, but I I wish I could have the have the guts to say to her, look, you've got to make a choice. You've got a child, you know, and, and this child should not be in daycare all this time. Should not be. But let's um, we'll be back. This is Andre Traversa, and we're on Chuck Moore Speaks, speaking with Grant Castleberry about biblical manhood and womanhood. We'll be back. 
Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and uh, I'd like to thank you all for joining me this afternoon. Uh, Again, I want to thank Sam Blumenfeld for joining me in the first hour. His book, Crimes of the Educators, will be out in the spring. And uh, Charles Howlett for joining me in the second hour, Anti-War Dissent and Peace Activism in World War I America. Gee, the fact that Charles and both Charles and Sam are well-versed in the career and the influence of John Dewey, since Charles is writing a book about John Dewey, and Sam has written extensively on Dewey. I would like to set up a, a sort of a, a, a three-way discussion, uh, and we'll probably do that. In fact, I will do it. I'll try to do it um, right after the first of the year when uh, when we start to get going again. Um, and, and that that should be a pretty good a pretty good debate. Um, my plans for next year also are that. Um, my cable TV show will be functioning by March. The, the, the release date is March of next year. Uh, the show will be broadcast on the uh, Boston Neighborhood Network, which is a pretty big cable station. They have over half a million households in the city of Boston. But what's good about it is it also goes on YouTube, and it also accepts subscribers around the country. I mean, somebody could go to a local cable uh, access station and just sign a page and they get the show. Chuck Moore speaks. Um, and that could include Manhattan, you know, include Chicago and Los Angeles. So I'm looking forward to working on that next year and really developing a, uh, a television roundtable discussion style program that I'm modeling after Firing Line, which was hosted by the late, great William F. Buckley. So um, that's something I'm working on. Check out my books. They're available at Amazon or Amazon Kindle. Just put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, M-O-R-S-E, and you will see a plethora of books come up, all with various topics, moderately priced. You could read a few pages for free, read, read the reviews. And, uh, and of course, check out my blog site, which is uh, Chuck Morse Speaks. I shall return, God willing, tomorrow at the usual time. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here at the USA Radio Networks. Have a good day, everybody. Losing just 10 pounds, you could reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and arthritis by a whopping 50%.
Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby from ilikehowilook.com. I have found something that could help you lose 10 to 15 pounds in the next 30 days without starving yourself or exercising to exhaustion. Just go to ilikehowilook.com and watch the short video. ilikehowilook.com uses hydrolyzed collagen protein to help you lose weight and tone up. They also have a thermogenic capsule that could curb your appetite, improve your mood, give you more energy, and the best part is that it burns fat like a blowtorch. I introduced this to some of my friends a few months ago. Within just a couple of weeks, most were losing weight and dropping dress and pant sizes faster than they could buy new clothes. So watch the video at ilikehowilook.com and maybe soon you'll be saying, I like how I look.